Hey everyone, and welcome to the Better Health Podcast. Today I am with Sarah Gross, who is the CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And not only that, but she also competed as a professional triathlete for 14 years and won two Ironman titles and two major championships. So she's powerhouse. So it's amazing to have you here, Sarah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, April. Amazing. So to start us off, I would love to just have you give us some context on where you grew up, where you live now, and a little bit about your background. Kind of complex. So I grew up until I was about 13 years old. I grew up in Ontario, Canada, pretty normal North American upbringing. And then my family moved to the Middle East when I was 13 and to a town like outside Dubai at in a time when like nobody people like now Dubai is a cool international city yeah. like it was not that then right? you're like we're going where <laughs> yeah exactly like the only place we had heard of was Saudi Arabia which is a oh. completely different country in context <laughs> yes. obviously so I ended up at an international school without hardly any other in- English speakers around me um, it was very interesting but it did shape my you know my sort of sporting life in a way too because I had to take up individual sports because girls didn't play sport as at the same right. level that they did and that's why I like it's it's interesting and then I did I went to university in Canada and also in Scotland and that's where I became a professional athlete and spent some time traveling with the sport taking advantages of the fun parts of being a pro athlete you know yeah. going around the world to training camps and doing that fun stuff um, and then when I retired I really wanted to do a media project. I'd had some really good experiences with media. I could, I saw the difference that media could make mm-hmm. in terms of the way that shifting people's perspective perspectives on things. So right. I wanted to get involved in that. And then of course, I just had this, I have this like entrepreneurial thread through me. So instead of just, instead of becoming a journalist or, you know, going down that road and working for someone else, I decided why not start my own media company? Oh, <laughs> and cool. here we are. <laughs> Here we are. And you're on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> Amazing. I love that so much. So what initially got you into fitness and what did your childhood like look like in regards to fitness and how did you really get involved? Yeah, I was really lucky because right from the beginning, my dad was very clear on like, we, I need to get my daughters in sport. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we tried a few different things and I really took to soccer. Soccer is really popular sport. Oh, where yeah, I was universal. from in Canada. Yeah. I think in yeah. North America broadly, like women's soccer, yes. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and so I played soccer and then, uh, like I said, like moved to the middle East and the, I also played every other sport at school too. Right. Like I was on the volleyball team and the basketball team, and the track team. <laughs> I did all the things. All the above. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, I got to this this school um, in United Arab Emirates and, you know, just the girls didn't have, there were some sporty girls. Uh, they just didn't have the same experience of sport. Like they didn't have the same opportunities. So the level of play was, was lower than what I was used to. So then I took up uh, swimming on my own and, and just started running on my own because I needed that. Like I was like used to moving. So I needed right. to right. get in the door. That's pretty awesome. And did you have sisters that, you know, competed alongside you or were you the only girl? Yeah. Funny. I have one sister who's younger than me and she's like the complete opposite. Like she just never took to sport. Um, She's very social. She's very laid back and Mm -hmm. she just didn't, it wasn't her thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone has their own niche and yours was the athletic careers. Right. Totally. Although I do think everyone should move. You yes, know, I'm I with still, you. <laughs> even if it's not your thing, 
still should get out there. Like is walking your thing is like something. Yeah. It's like competitive sport is only one way to be physical yes. in the world, right? Yes, totally. I love that so much. I I'm with you 100%. Everyone should be moving to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about your media company. What is Feisty and what is it? What does it do primarily? Yeah. So essentially we made it our goal because, you know, small goals um, to just sort of change or create an empowering culture for active women. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's like both within our organization. I have about 10 employees now creating that empowering culture and also externally, like how can we, not just how can we empower women? Cause we talk about that a lot. I think almost too much, but like, how can we create and shift the culture that's going to support that empowerment? Like how do we create the empowering culture? So that's essentially our goal. Um, and the way that we do that, we do, we have eight podcasts now. Um, wow. We have, yeah, we have events, you know, like I think we're going to talk later about our performance summit. We have a menopause summit. We have a triathlon summit. Um, and then we also have membership groups for folks who want to take a deeper dive, like who maybe listen to the podcast, but want to get more expert advice um, monthly through membership programs and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we've done it so far. That's cool. So it's really all about how to empower women. And so is it specifically like all the, I think you said eight podcasts that there are, are they all pertaining to fitness or, you know, are there different topics and genres? Yeah. So we started in triathlon, um, which was like, which is like super niche, but that's what, that was our home. Like I was a professional triathlete, you know, (laughs) we started doing live coverage of the Ironman world championships and interviewing all the pro women. Um, And that's kind of where we, started. And then we kind of like, as we grew or as we're growing, um, kind of realized that like, we wanted to find quality information for all active women. Because if you look like the fitness industry and diet industry are just <laughs> filled with like, sorry, am I it's like, we're just getting so much bad advice mm-hmm. that we thought, okay, h- how can we figure out how to get good advice based on good science to women who want to be active or who want to sort of like thrive throughout their lifetime mm-hmm. um, without like just and like essentially like digging through the bullshit. So yes, like we're, we're in the process of expanding. Like we have a very good big cycling brand as well. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of endurance athletes still in our communities. Um, but also we have, you know, we see people show up now to our summits, like who are like, I just enjoy hiking, but I don't know how to figure out mm-hmm. um, some of the days that I feel like crap or how to use my cycle to help or how to eat with my cycle or, or how to survive menopause right. and still get out the door, like these kinds of things. Totally. Totally. Um, one of my first interviews that I actually released back in season one was with mm-hmm. Dasha Maximov and it was all around women's research and how mm. most of the research studies out there pertain to men. And if mm-hmm. there are women in it, a lot of them end up leaving because they get pregnant. So it's not really applicable and they take the average and the average is basically because of the men. And so mm-hmm. it's just crazy how scientific research lacks like studies around women. And then not only that, but around their cycles and, you know, the different changes that go on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing. So Mm -hmm. if you think about that, like exercise science and, and sports science, it's like the study of human potential, human physical potential. Right. And we've essentially, we don't even include women in those studies. So it's like a recent, there was a recent study that showed between 2014 and 2020, only 6% of the studies were done specifically on women's physiology. So, and like you just said, like Mm -hmm. sometimes there are other women, there are women sprinkled into the studies, Mm -hmm. but the 
applications for women end up completely dissolved out of the study because it's just like worked into an average rather than like actual advice that will help us perform. So like, in a way it's, it's exciting, right? right? Because it's like, oh, actually, like if you think of, you know, we just had a winter Olympics. Like if you watch the things that that women are capable of physically, it's absolutely mind blowing. And then you say, but wait, like all of that, we've done all of that based on training programs designed for men. Hmm. So right. like we can be better. Right? <laughs> yes. There's a yeah. huge opportunity. And so that's huge. the exciting part is mm-hmm. like, wow, if, if we're able to do that now and, you know, maybe the women's bodies are not as healthy, you know, because their cycle might not be occurring or whatever. Think about how optimized they could be while they cycle sync and according to their cycle. Yeah. Or if you think of how like the talent pool, for example. So I think in a lot of sports, like endurance sports, my wheelhouse, right. And in endurance sport, we end up, um, women end up self-selecting into the sport who have like a lower hormone profile, meaning like they may not be as effective, but affected by their cycles. Right. Right. Because, and they fit more into that male model. Mm -hmm. Right. So then Mm -hmm. imagine like, imagine we get it right. Then like the talent pool becomes bigger. Or if we're supporting girls through puberty, and, mm-hmm. and helping them stay in sport. Cause still 50% of girls drop out of sport, um, right. 50% more than the boys that drop out and mm-hmm. at puberty. So if we keep those girls in, because we know how to support them properly through that phase, then suddenly mm-hmm. we have all like another whole group of, of women who will get to the next level or who, who could perform mm-hmm. at an Olympic level. Yeah. That'd be amazing. So, mm-hmm. okay. So if you were doing athletics, basically almost your whole life, when did you start optimizing your body according to, you know, your physiology and how it operates in regards to that? Like, was there a certain age where it was like, wow, you know, you started learning about this stuff. Did it take, um, like some kind of accident to make it happen? Like, how did that go about? So I've been retired from pro sports for five years and five years ago, we didn't have this information. Right. So like, I think Stacey Sims book roar came out maybe Mm -hmm. seven years ago and it didn't, when it first came out, it didn't like, there weren't that many sales. Like I didn't hear about Mm -hmm. it. I didn't hear about it until five. I just bought it like two years ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so essentially like we didn't know, like it was, it was like, it was just like this void of like, I would notice, for example, I noticed that I would have poor performances two days before my period started, Mm -hmm. like right at the end of my luteal phase. And we just knew through like, it's like weird. It's like in the olden days, like through word of mouth, like like other, yeah, yeah, it's like your grandmother tells you, you know, the the oralized tradition say, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, so I talked to friends about it and we realized that we had like a lot of us would have that same phase where like, actually we probably shouldn't race on those days right before Mm -hmm. our period. So, um, we kind of knew that. And then we'd use, um, we'd often use like birth control, either an IUD or an oral contract receptive to try to like change those dates mm-hmm. in terms of if they wanted to do a certain event or something. So we had things we were doing, but yeah. we were literally like figuring it out in real time, yeah. like through yeah. trial and error. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Versus like, you know, other things where we'd have dialed, like, yeah. you know, carbohydrate recovery totally. and muscle glycogen recovery for the next session, mm-hmm. which we like knew exactly what to do and how to optimize. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was it roar that like really honed you in on that? Yeah. So we had, yes, we had Stacy on a pod on our iron women podcast. Maybe, okay. I want to say five and a half, no, four and a half years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when I hadn't read Roar yet, but I had heard of it okay. and I had other friends who were working with her. So at that time, like she came from cycling and triathlon too. So she was mm-hmm. working with a lot of elite athletes. I feel like we kind of found her early Right, and we brought her into our um, triathlon summit and had her speak there. And that's when we were like, this is mind blowing. Like the world has to know about this. Right. Yeah. And Stacy's only one person. Oh yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's like the way science works. Like, as we know, is it's like you do a study and then it's kind of disproven or proven to be yeah. like sort of true, sort of not true. And it evolves. Right. So uh-huh. we're like, we're on the bottom rung. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's cool. That gives me a little context on how it all began and everything. And do you know how it ended up starting within like the women's Olympic soccer team? Cause knowing that you love soccer, mm-hmm. didn't they start you know, start doing more cycle syncing and everything. Yeah. I think there's like, there's another generation that's come up behind Stacy of like women doing PhDs um, in women's specific performance. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, I don't know specifically with the soccer, what the link, the connection was, but I can pretty much guarantee you that like, if I, if I knew the names, I would know the names. (laughs) Like follow (laughs) that. Like it's um, there's only so many people doing that work basically. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, I think there's, cause now we have, there's like tracking apps like wild AI and fitter woman where you can actually like track your cycle. I do know what fitter. Yes. Right. For a while. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And it'll boot you out information about how you should train at certain phases. So I'm, I'm guessing that they, you know, like, and kudos to them. Like women's soccer has just been so far ahead of, you know, with their equal pay, with their demands for equal pay, their desire to like, Mm -hmm. you know, work with their cycles to do training. Um, I think a lot of sports is this sense. We even had this in triathlon amongst my peers, like this sense Mm -hmm. that like, we've always just put our heads down and worked hard and got shit done. And we don't want to pay attention to these like negative quote unquote, like hormone things that are happening. Mm -hmm. So like, we don't (laughs) want that information. I mean, that's a, I've heard that a lot. Um, I think it's shifting now, but yeah. Kudos to women's soccer for being ahead of the curve. On that. <laughs> I know when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I can't imagine what the program looks like when they're going through it and, and how they tailor, you know, their diet to it. And it's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, fitter, like I said, fitter app for those that are wondering, I'll put it in the show notes. It's really cool because it tells you, you know, these are the different types of foods that you should be eating now, according to, you know, how much you're working out and what that looks like and the different types of workouts you should be doing. It's it's really neat because it's tailors to like an athletic woman. So, yeah. And, and not only that, but like, I find with a lot of people like myself now where I'm at, I just kind of work out once a day for an hour or less, you know, I'm very like chill kind of act normal active yeah. person. And I don't necessarily want to track my cycle or, um, or like benefit from some of those things because I'm not that serious. And mm-hmm. I think it's like one of those situations where knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. even just yes. for the average active woman. So like, even if you don't want to like nutritionally make all these changes or track your cycle and do all that work behind the scenes, you can still like, if you have an off day, mm-hmm. be aware enough to say, Oh, this might be, um, this might be my cycle. It's not me. So at least we're not blaming ourselves for like, I'm having a shitty session. I'm not motivated enough. Like yeah. we tend to, to blame ourselves in our brain. So You're like, well, I find I didn't, you know, I can, I didn't get enough sleep or I'm just not motivated right now. And I need to get out of that like mindset, which sometimes it may be around that, but a lot of times you don't realize, oh, well, it makes sense. You know, I'm right before my period. So yeah, exactly. So like, it's just a knowledge thing, right. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So what would you say? I mean, 
I I feel like I know what you're going to say with this, but maybe there's some other epiphanies that I don't know about. What would you say the biggest difference, you know, that women should be focused on when it comes to, you know, being different from men? Like, what are those big factors between the two? I mean, cycle is what we continue to talk about. Maybe you just want to elaborate on that. Maybe there are other things as well. Yeah, definitely knowing your cycle is one of them. As you say, Mm -hmm. I think like understanding that we need to lift um, Mm -hmm. and we need to work on strength from like from age 30, we start reducing our muscle mass starts reducing. Um, and if we want to stay strong and healthy for our lives, like it doesn't have to be this like massive thing, right? It can just be like a little strength program to start. And then especially over 50, like after menopause, women just start to like lose their muscle mass Mm -hmm. really quickly. And like, Mm -hmm that's totally different for us. So I think like lifting for sure. I think also understanding that a lot of the diet trends, because a lot of women are like often trying to lose weight, this kind of thing. And a lot of those diet trends, like intermittent fasting, paleo, keto, like the, the studies were not done on women. So mm. we do not know. We, we have, there's a couple studies now, but we're only yeah. starting to know how those diets interact with our hormones. So mm-hmm. like, if you're doing that kind of all of those diets include some kind of food restrictions, mm-hmm. right? And so if right. you're like restricting things somehow, you don't feel good and you don't feel energetic, it's probably because it doesn't work for your female physiology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think like being aware of that, like if right. intermittent fasting is making you feel um, tired and sluggish and spacey in the head, yeah. like probably it's your hormones. Like there's a reason it doesn't work for you. And that yet you're hearing all these podcasts and things showing that it should work. It's, mm-hmm. it's just because they've ignored us as women. Right. Have you ever heard of Dr. Mindy? She, she no, talks a lot about fasting and she, she tailors it a lot to, you know, women in menopause and all, um, mm-hmm. she's got a lot of content. And so I'd be curious as to what you think about that, because she seems to tailor it more to women. Um, however, it, you never know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know like how much good information there actually is, you yeah, know, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm sure she means well, but, um, yeah. yeah. And those kinds of things, like they work, they like, restrictive diets, like they work in the short term. Yes. Right. And just mm-hmm. not sure that they're going to work for us. Or like long. different times of your cycle, you know, the luteal phase, you might not want to be intermittent fasting. However, like during other times you might benefit from that intermittent fasting, maybe not a full on like 24 hour fast. Yeah. But then when it comes to a certain time of your cycle, you're like, why is I'm not getting the same results? And well, the difference is in your hormones and the changes there. Absolutely. Or, and also to recognize that like exercise creates the kind of the same effect Mm. as fasting does. So if you're Mm. fasting for long periods and exercising on top of it, you're actually like, I forget, I know, I know Stacey Sims has some equation with it, but like mm-hmm. that one hour of exercise is like, I'm just, I'm just making this up. This do not take this as advice. It's like three hours of fasting or whatever. Like, yeah. so you need to like, actually, if you're trying to fast for say 14 hours, mm-hmm. but you want to exercise, you actually should maybe go to 12 and then, and then do your run kind of mm-hmm. like, yes. um, that kind of thing. And there's, there's, right. we do know a few things about it. Yeah, definitely. I would say for anyone that's kind of like, oh, I'm not sure. It's either like get the book roar and, or, you know, go to the summit because Stacy will be speaking there as well, which you'll get loads of information there. Also, I'd highly recommend that for everyone. Um, so walk me through, give me a like brief overview of going through a woman's cycle during the different phases of what, you know, nutrition and fitness might look like accordingly for those that are like, 
whoa, this is a lot. I don't, I don't even know like the different cycles, break it down a little bit for those listening. Yeah. I, and I'm not an expert in these things, so I, I can give you, I'll have that disclosure in the end, everyone. <laughs> or tell you what, like, so my PhD is in, in um, history. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Clearly so, you're, you're just... <laughs> on track with this, <laughs> um, but I can't tell you what I know. Um, so like the, the follicular phase, which starts like the first day of your period. Right. And it goes through like, kind of like the first 14 to 21 days, depending when you ovulate, like that's when you tend to feel really good. So like one misconception is that we don't feel good like that we shouldn't do things during our period or, mm-hmm. but that tends like hormonally, at least that is a good phase for us to actually right. perform or feel good. And those are times that we might respond better to like the things we're talking about, like mm-hmm. to intermittent fasting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can handle more, we can do more high intensity training. That's a good time to focus on that. Like a hits training or lifting, like lifting heavy or setting a PR. Mm-hmm. So that's the time to like, look for that. Um, I know a lot of, um, women struggle around there, um, around ovulation too. Like they might have one day that's just off, you know, that's something and like, we don't I, necessarily I recognize that in myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see that one. Yeah. Yes. Like, unless you're trying to, I mean, unless you're an elite athlete or trying to get pregnant, like you may not know when that day is, but if you're having an off day, like, yeah, like 14 to 20 days period, into your cycle, in like yeah. the middle of my cycle, my period was long gone. What the heck? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the luteal phase is like the, the sort of like the back half of the month where like your hormones are slowly decreasing. So you're not going to, you're probably going to associate that with like a sluggish feeling. Um, and that's a good time to do like your longer training or to have, to have more rest. Um, and I think, and also to focus on recovery and having more carbohydrates too, at that time. Um, definitely. Yeah. I think we also like, we underestimate sometimes how much protein we need as women just in mm-hmm. general. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it's like, and it works in like both yeah. phases, like in every phase of the menstrual cycle where you like, you need more, if, if you're going harder during the follicular phase, then you might need more carbohydrate <laughs> because you're going harder, but yes. then you might need more carbohydrate to recover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Phase. It's like, so, okay, both in both sides here. <laughs> yeah. I always mm-hmm. find, I always think it's good to just follow like good recovery protocol, like having, making sure you get carbs and protein in, um, you know, within, depending on what your workout is like within 15 minutes to an hour and then having good balanced meals, you can't mm-hmm. go wrong. Right? right. What did it look like for you when you were training? Like what was your favorite time of the cycle where you felt your best? Cause you know, you can optimize every area where you're going to feel really good, but what was your favorite point of the cycle? Yeah. So I'll give you a story here. I went to, I went to Ironman, Texas in 2017 and I like just had like the worst race ever. It took me mm-hmm. like the marathon took me, I think I came 18th out of 25 pro women mm-hmm. at a race that I was like fit enough to the top five crush it all yeah yeah I was like oh and I thought mm-hmm. I I had a place at at Ironman Brazil the next it was the next week you usually don't do Ironmans one week apart um because you have to recover <laughs> you have to recover. <laughs> yeah here you are <laughs> exactly and so but then I there I wasn't and I said to like um my my partner at the time I was like if I get my period like in the next couple of days I'm just gonna fly to Brazil because I knew that everything was going to switch on a dime. So like, sure enough, like 36 hours after the race, I got my period. Like I said earlier, like we didn't know to track. We didn't, you yeah. know, I just yeah. knew I'm like, Ooh, 
I'm probably that in feeling. that bad phase. Like most yeah. women, they're like, I feel like I'm going to get my period soon, but yeah. really don't know, but feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I thought if I get it, like I'm going to go. So like I got it, I got on the plane, I went, and then I won the race the next week and I ran an hour faster for the marathon. Wow. (laughs) That's insane. I mean, granted, how many miles are you running? 100? Um, you bike a hundred, 112 miles. Yeah. And you run like a marathon's 26.2 miles. Okay. No, um, it was, so, I knew there was a 100 you were like, somewhere. Yeah. You just like, <laughs> I'm like hundred miles. Like, oh, wow. an first, hour. Something. <laughs> you're the first person to get too much. <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh, I wish I could run a hundred miles. Yeah. No, I like, I'd, you could imagine like, it's like the a four hour marathon versus a three hour marathon. It's literally right. the difference there. Like, right. so that to me, like, I just kind of wish, I wish for everyone coming behind me that like, we can know that in advance, you know, save ourselves the trouble. 100%. And, and even not even in regards to training, but also in communication abilities, like women are so much more able to communicate fluently and confidently during certain times of their cycle as well. So it's like, Mm, you're a podcaster, Mm -hmm. you know, you might be on point more around ovulation, but then, you know, closer to your, your period, you're just like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, um, I find I have more like what I would call bandwidth, like yes. at certain times of month, like that emotional mm-hmm. drainage <laughs> happens faster, uh, sometimes than others. Definitely. Definitely. So interesting. The last question I have for you, cause it's just so cool how you were able to use your cycle to your advantage when it came to training, like what supplements were you taking to recover? Was there anything specific? Maybe you weren't even focusing on supplements. What did that look like? Yeah. I'm not a huge supplement person. Mm-hmm. Like as an endurance athlete, I needed to take iron, but I was definitely like a minimalist in terms of like, try to have real foods. Yes. Um, and that's, that's just how I rolled. Yeah. And I still do for the mm-hmm. most part. I just don't have to like cool. be so precise about it anymore. Totally. Um, so I didn't, you know, again, this is a place where I think with more information, I might've done something differently. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't really say, cause I didn't know yeah. what I should have been doing nutritionally to mitigate some of the, some of the more negative factors of, of my cycle. Right. And this is what I think we're starting to learn and what we're going to know more and more and more, because I, it's a perspective thing, right? Like we talk about, uh, we talk about like PMS, right? It's always this negative, like women get grumpy certain times of months, mm-hmm. or even the way that I'm framing it, I'm not culturally totally dissociated from that negative framing of like, Oh, I feel off a couple of days a month, but what if there were things we could do like mm-hmm. nutritionally or training wise that would kind of like mitigate some of it and actually optimize those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think those are the things like we're going to, we're learning and we're going to keep learning. Totally. I, I agree 100%. And, you know, there's so many different tests that we can now take as well, you know, genetic testing. I know I've done that and I've been able to realize like, how do I produce estrogen, you know, according to like my body granted, like that could be different based on epigenetics, but I produce a little, like I produce an okay amount of the good estrogen Mm -hmm. and then a medium amount of like the bad and a medium amount of like the, in the middle estrogen. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I focus on is like flax seeds in in my like smoothie or protein shake. And that has really helped to like skyrocket my good estrogen when I take like a Dutch test per se, like yeah. one Dutch yeah. test. It's yeah. so fascinating. And so that is fascinating. Yeah. It's really cool. How do you can like tailor that just really cool things. And like you were saying, it's going to continue to like grow and more knowledge and like 
in depth of like supplements and how you can tailor accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot of content here in education that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, wow, I have to know more about this because mm-hmm. I like to run. I like to train for this. So I want to optimize my body the best I can. And knowing that you have the women's performance summit coming up, what are women going to learn if they were to tune into that? Right. So we, this is exactly, this is what we see our place as is like, just like me, feisty, we're not, I'm not an expert on any one thing, but we're going to bring all the experts together mm-hmm. and like vet people so that people, so women are getting good information. So mm-hmm. uh, we essentially talk about performance in four pillars, physiology, nutrition, mental health, and culture. And we feel really strongly that like, you can't separate those things out, like how we feel about our bodies based on the culture that we're living in or how our mental health is affected by like sport and other messages that we get, like affect the way that we eat, right? Think right. about ourselves. Like those things are all kind of like intertwined. Yep. So we, we're bringing in experts in those four um, categories wow. so we can have like a full multidisciplinary like discussion of women's performance. And also we talk about performance through lifetime too. So like we are bringing in people who could talk about puberty and midlife, pregnancy, postpartum, menopause and beyond so that everyone has good information. Um, so we've got 20 sessions lined up. Oh, we also have some really amazing, fun, kick-ass, um, main stage speakers. So awesome. Yeah. For the main stage, we tend to go with like people, folks who can inspire or who have really great stories. We've got Amelia Boone who's speaking. Do you know Amelia at the obstacle course race? I I looked on your webpage. I don't fully know who she is. So give Mm -hmm. a little context. Oh, she's fantastic. She's a four-time world champion in obstacle course racing and an wow. ultra endurance, but she's also like a full-time lawyer. Um, and she's <laughs> very like openly and publicly struggled with an eating disorder, um, mm. which I think makes her super relatable to a lot of people. Oh, totally. um, mm-hmm. We have um, Allison Desir, who is the founder of Black Girls Run. Oh, she wrote a book recently. Cool. Um, we have Lael Wilcox, who actually she's the first woman to win outright the Trans Am bike race. Um, so um, I, I love that little bit of like kicking ass and beating the boys thing. <laughs> you're like, hmm, you're yeah. on the lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we have Colonel Yvonne Spencer who um, held, was the first woman and the first African-American to hold certain positions in the army. Um, and then we also have, oh, Dr. Stacy Sims, of course. Classic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so stoked. Like yes. we last so, year, we had so much fun. And I bet. I bet. It's going to be the same this year. I bet. And what I love too, is that it's not all around fitness and you're granted, you're getting a lot of amazing content in regards to fitness, mm-hmm. but you're tapping into the other three pillars, which all four of those together are really going to well round someone's education when it comes to it. So really yeah, cool. Well, And you can't separate those out. Like, you know, there's still a lot of people who like women in particular who don't feel a hundred percent comfortable in what have been traditionally male spaces at certain gyms or in certain sports. So I feel like we need to talk about that stuff so that Mm -hmm. we feel even like comfortable getting in the door before we can talk about physiology and nutrition. Right. Right. So it it sounds like a really amazing group of people where you're going to come and you're, if anything's on the table, it's open. And it's a safe environment where you can talk about anything that, you know, women struggle with and, or are doing amazing in. So that's awesome. And so I was looking a little bit, you know, in regards to like more of what you have to offer. And there's something about like coaches and such, like, what Mm -hmm. does that look like? 
Mm, great question. Yeah. So this year we have our first, we're, we're releasing our first kind of coaches mastermind. So what happened actually after our first women's performance summit last year, uh, we had a lot of coaches, even male coaches who were interested in how they can coach women better mm. and coming to us, like what's next. And we're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Let me see here. Uh, let, <laughs> let, me, let me call it. my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's the kind of thing where, you know, you've got, like we talked about, like you have the science coming down, you've got folks like Stacy doing the work. And mm-hmm. then there's like, not that interim of like people, um, taking Stacy's science and passing it along in practical terms to like how you coach a particular sport or how you think about that. So we've created a curriculum and we're going to be running a beta group through it after the summit um, of coaches and with the four pillars, right. Of like mm-hmm. coaches essentially learning from each other, how we can get better information about women and to women and coach women better um, with view to having like a sort of standardized course that we can run for coaches by probably by fall 2022. That's awesome. Like you were saying that the integration aspect or the implementation, I should say, it's like, okay, you can learn all this stuff and now how do we implement? And that'll be huge. Like implementing Mm -hmm. in a sports specific way. Um, Also, I think like we see, we see a lot of conversation is around the menstrual cycle right Mm -hmm. now. Right. But like, we're just like, that's not the only thing that affects us as women or the only thing that's different. Right. So let's talk about all these other things and create Mm. a more balanced approach. Awesome. It's like the holistic approach. I love Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. awesome. So how can women sign up for this event? What, what is the best way to do that? Right. So the best way to get, to get more information, we're we're actually posting the schedule this week. I don't know when this podcast is released, but, um, at womensperformance.com. Amazing. So yeah, I will have that in the show notes as well. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Interesting insight. When we went to buy that URL, Mm -hmm. um, this just, (laughs) this just shows you (laughs) womensperformance.com was 500 bucks, right. On like GoDaddy or whatever, one of those Uh mensperformance.com was like (laughs) $5,000. You're like, Okay, let's yeah. let's go. Let's knock I mean, this out of the park. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm like, I'll wow. take it. Like I'm running a business, but at right. the same time, like it does show you like the value system that's yeah. still clearly in place in our culture. Um, totally. Like you were saying, a huge opportunity. The fact, like, eventually this is going to catch up, and it'll be like running the same race there, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. head over there and then you can like find all the links to register. Um, and also we have a women's performance podcast too. Um, so that's kind cool. of all linked on that page. All, all linked in the show notes as well. I will make sure of that. So give a quick rundown again of what these details of the summit are, like the dates. Oh, um, we didn't do the dates. Yes. Let's yes. do that. <laughs> yeah, good call. So it's all virtual. I should say that first. So all yes. online, March 25th to 27th. If you can't be there for the whole weekend, or if like sometimes the sessions mm-hmm. run congruently, so you don't, mm-hmm. or so the right words at the same time. I get you. Can, you. you can watch them all later cool. uh, for up to a year. So you can essentially purchase the all access pass now and like watch it over the course of from March 25th over the course of the next year. Um, so the but but I do recommend coming to the virtual summit because like we do know how to throw a good virtual party. That's so fun. Um, we hang out. There's like the the um, platform we use is called Hopin, and you can go to these like 
like your sponsors and stuff can have like virtual booths, you know, like a that virtual is expo so booth. Cool. It's I mean, it's really neat. What, what can you expect now? <laughs> totally. Like you can do everything online. You can do speed networking. That's like speed dating in there. Wow. Um, but yeah, we have like, the, so we have people go to their booths, like a speaker might have a booth. And then like after their session, they're going in. We're essentially like cocktails in Stacy's booth or whatever. And then so we go over there and hang so out. Awesome. Um, so for those who do attend and have the time, it's, it really is beneficial to come on the weekend. Cool. Cool. I know I have a friend actually, which is really ironic. She was supposed to record this morning and wasn't feeling the best. And she's actually training for an Ironman. And so then I'm like, cool. and I'm having Sarah who has ran Ironmans, how ironic. And so I told her all about the summit and she's super excited. She has something going on that weekend. And I was like, well, don't worry. I'm pretty sure you can purchase so that it, you can play it all year round. Amazing. So, gotcha. <laughs> Amazing. So before we head into rapid fire questions, are there any few key takeaways that you would love to give to listeners? Oh, one would be listen to your instincts. Mm. I feel like as women, we often don't, um, or we're taught not to, or when like the science feels wrong, like when someone's telling us this is the way it's done, I feel like something's not right here. Mm. It's because it's not right. Um, and because the studies haven't been done on us and the training program you have might not be designed for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. And then secondly, I think it's like, like listening to each other and our stories. Like Mm. we, you know, we talked earlier about my own career and I didn't, Mm. because I didn't have good information. We just learned that from each other, Mm. you know, like we learned how to essentially how to perform our best Ironman, like from, I learned that from other pro women. Um, So I think like, yeah, listening to other people too. And, Mm. and you learn so much from other people's stories. Yeah. It, it almost can reveal blind spots that you have without even talking to someone, but just hearing their story and then yes. you're with them reveals more or more growth opportunities. Totally. And that's how change is made too. Especially like if someone tells a story and you're like, Oh, that's like me too. Oh yeah. wait, maybe, maybe it's not us. That's wrong. Maybe the world is wrong. <laughs> right. You're like, hmm, this, this makes a lot of sense. We got to do something about this. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. I love these takeaways, Sarah. Now leading into the hardest part of the show, mm-hmm. rapid fire questions. No, I'm nervous. One. I need to do <laughs> some warm up stretches. <laughs> Come on now, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the first question I have for you is what books are you reading right now? Oh, right now I'm reading Invisible Woman. Um, do you know that one? No. Carolina Criado Perez. I believe okay. that's how you pronounce her name. And it's essentially, she goes through how it, it's essentially what we were talking about with sports science, but through like design and technology. So like how the world essentially has not been designed for women. So some really good examples are like crash test dummies are like the size of an average man. And so more women get injured and are killed in car crashes because the tests have not been done. Yeah. So I think that's changing now, but partially because of her Mm -hmm. research. Um, So she brings out some really interesting, has a whole section about um, basically about peeing, <laughs> like, and how oh, that's like, the world set up for like men to pee anywhere. <laughs> and it's like, it's so and, like, funny. Yeah. Like, just like stuff like that, even like clothing. Right. So you think of like, um, someone who's maybe wearing coveralls for the job, mm-hmm. right. Like it's not set up like for women to actually be able to like go to the bathroom. Right. It's, so it's, fascinating. It's crazy stuff. Like when you start to get into it. So, um, that's what's it's slow going because I don't have a lot of extra time to read, but, um, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. 
Cool. That's awesome. I'll put that. Sorry. That was like the slowest rapid fire ever. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. We, you can have however much you want. (laughs) Um, the next question is what's your favorite food? Oh, am I going to be boring? The first thing that came to my head was pizza. Pizza. Classic. (laughs) Baker thin crust. Ooh, thin. I'm also like, I'm celiac. So like a oh. good gluten-free crust, like that is, if I can have a good pizza, it's mm. so amazing. Yeah. I, I stay away from wheat and basically just gluten in general. And so if I have a good quality crust, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't even miss, you know, the regular. Yeah. It's everything or it can be terrible yeah. for sure. Oh, but I think it's like, same. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's like, it can either be horrible or it can be amazing where you're like, yeah. wow you know, this is so much more improved or just like cardboard. Exactly. (laughs) Um, what's your definition of intentional living? Oh, oh man. Okay. I think, uh, okay. I think my definition of intentional living would be essentially like getting, (laughs) getting centered and aligned around like who you are and what you want to do. And then being like, being willing to make decisions from that place. Mm. Right. So like, I think, I actually think more people should get comfortable with like chaos. It's Mm. like, in sport, we talk about being comfortable with discomfort. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what I see, like from, I coached for a long time, Ironman athletes and like Mm -hmm. people often want to like schedule themselves, decide what they're going to do. And what they're trying to do is avoid chaos, right? If you can learn to trust yourself and make good decisions aligned with your priorities, Mm. then you can like handle that chaos better because you know, you're going to be able to like work on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, that's my definition of, um, what did you say? I love that. That's so good. I'm just thinking too. It's like, that'll be your filter. Then when chaos arises, you'll have, it'll be simple for you because you're like, well, I know my values or I know what I stand for. And so whatever comes at me will be filtered through that. Yes. And you have better skills. Like just for like exactly like like a time like COVID like the people who had worse mental health problems during COVID Mm -hmm. were folks who were really like stringent and had controlled lives and a lot of triathletes a lot of people in my world were in that category of like get up swim go to work right snacks were snacks were decided everything was and then when it wasn't and they couldn't have goals and the races didn't exist people started to struggle and so I think if Mm. you can like trust yourself like okay, I know that like, it's in my value system to exercise every day. My priorities with that are exercise are, are feeling good. That's the first priority, right. Of my long-term health, like that's a priority. Mm-hmm. Then you, then you can make a decision about what you're going to do. Definitely. Definitely. That's so good. I love that so much. <laughs> favorite. What's your favorite travel destination or a dream destination you have? Ooh, well, I'm used to going to Hawaii every year because the Ironman oh. World Championships are there in Kona. Oh, yeah. And I've missed the last two years. So I basically like cry in my Kona mm-hmm. coffee every morning about it. Um, Don't remind me. <laughs> so yeah, like I went there every year, probably for 15 or even 20 years wow. until COVID. Um, so I missed that trip. I um, can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, when you're doing that every year for that long, it's like, what is my life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, I got to tap into my values. And I, I know now intentional living and <laughs> exactly. exactly amazing. Um, and the last part is how can listeners connect with you, Sarah, and I'll have everything in regards to the summit, but what's the best method for you? 
Sure. I, I still love Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I also love TikTok, but we mostly oh, okay. do it for our business, but yeah, on Instagram, <laughs> I'm just at Sarah.gross. Um, okay. you can find me there and for feisty media, it's like at feisty underscore media. That's what we are on Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Like I said, that'll be in the show notes for everyone. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, April. It's been so fun. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Sarah Gross. I just want to let you all know that the Women's Performance Summit is coming up in a few weeks. And if you listen to this and are interested in attending, you are welcome to use the code BETTERHEALTH in all caps, no spaces, to get $50 off your ticket. This is an incredible opportunity because of the fact that you'll be able to then replay all the interviews and all the speakers from the summit all year round so you can apply it to your everyday life. I highly encourage that you take this opportunity. I will be there and attending and I'm excited to listen in and I hope you are as well. The Better Health Podcast represents the opinions of April Williams and her guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Thanks.